Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Tech Tune-Up. I'm your host, Paul Meeks, working in conjunction with my good friends at Benzinga. They have some awesome research tools and content. I really encourage you to do what I did and check them out. So our show, as you know, is all tech, all the time, no holds barred, and we go after it like a pack of wild dogs. And I try to highlight what happened in the week, but still keep an eye on the big picture, the tech trends that should develop over time. So first of all, uh, let's get into some of the action in the past week with some of the stop tells. You know, uh, there's really been a bifurcation of the technology investments. You know, bifurcation, what I mean is there's some really good, probably mostly AI driven, and some really bad. To put the bad in perspective, since the beginning of 2023, the tech sector has fired about 330,000 people. And that's astonishing because the backdrop is U.S. unemployment is a very tight labor market of 3.7%. So there are some parts of uh, technology that are really bleeding. And one of those uh, areas is data networking. One of the uh, hallmarks of data networking over time, and was actually America's largest market cap stock during the internet bubble in the late 1990s, a company called Cisco Systems, ticker symbol CSCO. Things are going so poorly there that they had a pretty drastic job cut last year. And now they're cutting another 4,000 people. That's 5% of their workforce. Significant. If all was well in data networking, which is essentially the plumbing of the internet, you wouldn't see that. And then you also see a really bad, I think it's a shotgun marriage merger between two other players, Hewlett Packard and Juniper Networks. These are two bats that will not make a good. So in the data networking space, I like those that are supporting the build out of artificial intelligence, AI. So I always go to Arista Networks, ticker symbol A-N-E-T, because it's supplying AI infrastructure and 60% of its revenues go to two of the leaders in the space, Meta and Microsoft. So the next space that really worries me is semiconductors is an industry within the tech sector, but there's actually a lot of slices of that onion. And one of the areas that I think sucks is what we call analog devices, microcontrollers. These are chips that go into those things called Internet of Things, particularly automobiles. All these companies, not all of them, but most of them have been posting pretty lackluster quarterly results and giving pretty downer guidance. And I'm talking about companies like Texas Instruments, TXN, Analog Devices, ADI, Microchip, ticker symbol MCHP, ON Semiconductor, ON, NXP Semiconductor, NXPI, and then a foundry or a manufacturing site for all these guys, a company called uh, Global Foundry, GFS. All of them disappointing me. Uh, the next, and I touched on this uh, last week, is I am really noticing the haves and have-nots in media. And as a tech analyst, over time, all these companies in the legacy media space 
have been forced to become tech companies, some successful, some not. But uh, last week, we had the announcement of a skinny sports bundle video streaming from your friends at Disney and Fox and Warner Brothers. Again, three bad legacy uh, media companies does not make even one good one. If you ever want to invest in this space, and frankly, sometimes I even think the theme is uninvestable, what you do is hold your nose and buy some more Netflix and FLX. Um, the next thing, travel. You know, a couple of these travel tech companies have been announcing their results, particularly Expedia, and they were particularly bad. And no surprise, right after the announcement, they announced a CEO change. I'm sure uh, he or she did not retire. He or she was fired. Again, I always try to find the leader in a space if the space is good enough to invest in. And if you ever want to invest in a travel tech stock, you got a lot to choose from, not just Expedia, TripAdvisor, Airbnb, the best company in the space, best product mix, best management team is booking BKNG. Uh, next, Apple. You've heard it here before. I'm no fan. Out of the Magnificent Sevens, I don't know to share. I wouldn't be bold enough to short this stock because it just generates so much free cash flow. But it ain't a tech company if it's not growing its sales. Last quarter, it grew its sales 2% year to year. Four quarters in a row before that, it shrunk. And its guidance for the next uh, quarter isn't much revenue growth either. And so of the Mag 7, man, I like all of them except for Apple and except for Tesla. The next on my crap list, ESG investing. Stands for environmental social governance, right? You're trying to not only make money as an investor, but you're trying to be a good guy too. What I have learned is this, be a good person. Embrace all of these wonderful things in your personal life, maybe even your, per your professional life, but not in your investment life. Because these ESG stories, why they sound great, why they sound life-changing, they typically are bad business models. There was another one today, a company called Bloom Energy. The bloom is off that rose because that stock is down 20% today on its really crappy results. And you guys, particularly at this valuation, I even put Tesla in that camp. Electric vehicles is a market that is starting to slow it's not going to decline. It's going to grow, but it's growing much more slowly. And so I'm not even uh, bullish on Tesla. There's one company in the EV space that I think is pretty cool because they don't focus on electric only. They focus on the much more popular hybrids, and that's Toyota. Toyota is kicking ass in this space because it took this hybrid approach rather than the pure electrics. The next is some areas that have gotten some kind of uh, play, some rumored bounce back. I think it's a bunch of BS. The PC market peaked in the 80s and 90s, and it did or is suspected to have a little bit of a bounce back this year after a couple of really bad years because some people feel that these PC vendors like Adele are going to put onboard AI capacity on their desktops and laptops. So you do it on board rather than uh, going to the cloud. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, this is a saturated market, 
super mature, super slow growing. I don't think this is a kicker. And the same thing goes with smartphones. Anybody who wants a cell phone already has one or two. And every time Apple comes out with a new version of its iPhone, it has a slightly bigger camera. It's not particularly captivating. I'm still on a uh, older phone. And you know what? I don't even use the functions that I have. Now, maybe I'm a middle-aged old guy and I don't do all the uh, bells and whistles. But you guys, when somebody says the smartphone market is going to have a sudden acceleration, nope, another market. Fast growth, rearview mirror. This is kind of interesting. There's a company called uh, Arm. Arm is a semiconductor company. And its stock has soared. It had pretty good results. But here is something that you need to know. Uh, a company, all companies, have a number of shares outstanding. They also have a sub-segment of that, which is their float. The float is the number of shares outstanding or the percentage of the shares outstanding that actually trade. The rest of it might be uh, not tradable because the shares are all held by insiders. When a company has a very small float, any kind of move upward or downward in the stock price is going to be greatly exaggerated. So this company arm, which has only a 10% float, so that means only 10% of its shares actually trade, had decent results. Not earth shattering, decent. The stock exploded because of the small float. So when you see a move like that, and it's not necessarily based on fundamentals, but on a technical driver, I don't know if you can short arm, ticker ARM, but I would sell it into this strength fast. The next coming up is ESG investing. I hit on that. Uh, the next is Amazon. I think that's kind of interesting. And I put it on my sucks list. Why did I do that? First of all, I own Amazon. It's one of the five mag sevens that I like. But here's the deal. Uh, our friend Jeff Bezos has been selling shares in size. Now, Jeff Bezos, a billion dollar in his pocket is about like $10 in our pocket. But I will tell you, I've been at this a long period of time. And whenever insiders sell, they'll give you all kinds of excuses why. I've talked to CEOs and CFOs point blank. I say, why are you selling your shares? Oh, well, my kid just got into Harvard and it's $90,000 a year or I got a divorce and my wife gets the other half of my wealth. They always have an excuse. But you know what? They still sell at opportune times. And when I see Bezos selling at this level, it makes me a little bit worried, even though I like the uh, fundamentals of Amazon very much. And then the last thing I have here on my SHIT list is Lyft versus Uber. This is kind of another tale of bifurcation in the uh, tech sector, in the ride-sharing industry. Uber has a pretty good quarter. Stock does pretty well. They follow it up with a meeting for uh, Wall Street analysts that I attended. And they have said that their free cash flow is going to triple in the next couple of years. A company generates free cash flow or not. Free cash flow is the best metric to value companies. It's uh, more important than sales, more important than accounting profits. So if Uber can triple its free cash flow next couple of years, the stock has done great. It's going to do better. But then you have uh, Lyft on the other side. Now, their business has improved because the tide has lifted all boats a little bit in ride sharing. 
But here is an example of boneheaded management. And one of the reasons I like Uber over Lyft is Uber's management is much, much, much better. Here's an example. So Lyft a couple of days ago announces its quarter. And when companies announce their quarterly results, they issue a press release. And in the press release, the company said in black and white, in print, we are going to increase our operating margin this year by 5%. And then a half an hour later, they actually have the conference call with analysts to go over the results. And the CFO gets on the call and says, oh, hold the phone. We said we are going to increase our operating margin 5% in the press release, but we fat fingered it by two zeros and it's only going to be a half a percent. So they said 0.5%. They wrote 5.0%. And then when that came out, the stock had had a big rally. Then it collapsed over a press release. Typo. Are you kidding me? So anyway, that's a tell. In ride sharing, if it is a viable business or not, I actually think it is Uber rather than Lyft. All right. Let's go to the more positive side of the ledger. Uh, first of all, all important, and I'll report on it next week. NVIDIA, right, the uh, standard bearer for AI, uh, they're going to report the results after the close next Wednesday. Everybody is going to be watching that carefully, including me. I don't think there is any chance in hell that they won't uh, report just explosive results. Much better than Wall Street consensus estimates. Also, will probably give a pretty rosy uh, outlook for the rest of the year, but I can't uh, really comment on how the stock's going to react because there's a lot baked into the price of NVIDIA. Expectations are sky high. They will deliver sky high, but you know what? Even with that, they might disappoint some folks, but I will tell you what, if NVIDIA has any dip, wouldn't be based on fundamentals. It would be based on just disappointing some people that got out of control with the hype Man, you know what? I buy that stock aggressively on any dip. Aggressively. The next one is Taiwan Semiconductor. Taiwan Semiconductor has been getting a lot of love this week, right? It does have some geopolitical risk because the Chinese think that Taiwan belongs to them and they could invade over time. But until further notice, in the age of AI, we have a voracious appetite all around the world with the highest end, most sophisticated chips. And Taiwan Semiconductor is a semiconductor foundry or a manufacturing company for other folks' designs. They have 90% market share of those high-end designs. And their lead might be actually increasing instead of shrinking. Now, they're going to build some manufacturing facilities in the States. They've earmarked about $40 billion over time to build out fabs in the Phoenix, Arizona area. But you guys, uh, Taiwan Semi, you know what? Don't be a homer. Don't just invest in U.S. stocks just because you invest abroad. It's not that you're not a patriot or anything, but uh, Taiwan Semi, uh, very important. The other semiconductor company that's not uh, state-bound that's very important that you should own your portfolio is a company called ASM Lithography, ticker symbol ASML. Not from the States, from Netherlands. Next up is, and this is a really good buying opportunity today. Today, and I'm looking at the clock, 2.15 Eastern time this Friday. 
There's a company called uh, Supermicro, ticker symbol SMCI. They make special purpose, customized servers for AI applications. These are servers that find themselves in data centers. Nice thing about these guys, besides the obvious AI push, is they are now no longer NVIDIA chip constrained, which held back their revenues last year. And so this is very good. They are going to double their earnings this year. I think their earnings grow another 40% next year. Yesterday, the stock was up about 14%. Today, the stock is down 16, 17%. Why? The fundamentals are awesome and getting better, but I believe it was Wells Fargo initiated coverage with the stock with an equal weight rating rather than the overweight rating with the simple call, not disputing the great fundamentals, but just saying the stock was expensive. You know what? The fact that we have a beer and we've uh, blown off some of the froth on that beer is actually a healthy thing. I would buy SMCI, Supermicro, even though the stock was tripled last year. It is down 20% today on this valuation call by Wall Street. Today's a uh, great opportunity before even the close today, a better buy. And next, as I told you, you know, Uber really impressed me. I've already been through that story. A 3x increase in free cash flow. Pretty impressive over just a couple of years. And just to put some more meat on the bone, free cash flow. I'm a finance professor at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. It is the most important variable in valuing stocks. I tell my students so they don't forget it. I call it FU money. And you guys know what that stands for. Because when a kid is 40 years old, he or she who is in my class is going to remember FU money because they laughed about it. They may not actually remember the term free cash flow. But if you have sur surplus cash, you can do a lot of great things. Of course, if you don't have cash and you actually burn cash, you're not a company for very long. So I gave you the good, the bad, and the ugly. I gave you a, a good opportunity with Supermicro as a buy. I actually think there's a good short sell candidate I would recommend today, or at least don't buy the hype. It's a company called Soundhound, ticker S-O-U-N. It is a NVIDIA, we're in the wake play. We're coasting in uh, NVIDIA's greatness. And so it did sign a deal uh, with NVIDIA. NVIDIA has taken an ownership uh, stake in the firm and the stock has exploded, but it's a shitty company. So buy SMCI, sell or short Soundhound, S-O-U-N. Just because it's related to NVIDIA doesn't make it a good company. Awful company. Uh, so next, let's get into the uh, tech favorites. <laughs> All right, guys, you know, you wouldn't expect my uh, buy list to uh, change every seven days, but occasionally there's some uh, replacements and also always stuff to talk about. So I like uh, CrowdStrike. Some people favor uh, Palo Alto Networks, but in cybersecurity, of course, cybersecurity is important. I very much like CrowdStrike because of the superior revenue growth. Next is the leading U.S. player in memory chips. Micron. Micron has been through a horrible part of its down cycle. This quarter that we're in right now that will be released in a couple of weeks 
will show that the company has finally increased its earnings per share year to year after about two years of quarters when they went the other direction. Uh, AI has a voracious demand for Micron's chips. After a down cycle, we have an inflection point and it's upon us. I think the stock's going to go much higher. Next is uh, T-Mobile, right? You know, the uh, major phone companies, T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, you see all their ads during the uh, football games. Uh, I very much like T-Mobile for its growth. And several years ago, they consolidated with a merger with Sprint. And Sprint was a uh, nice network, but a very sloppily managed com uh, company. Now we're a year or two into the integration of those companies. And that actually gives uh, T-Mobile a nice uptick and the superior digital network among the majors. I still like uh, Alphabet. I think particularly in a presidential election year that we should see a nice uptick in digital advertising revenues. And remember, both Meta and Alphabet are driven by a digital advertising model. Next is Microsoft. I don't know if I would buy it today. It's a little expensive, but it's definitely uh, on my list. You know, I think that it's continued to be the standard bearer in AI. And it has a very special relationship with a 49% ownership of OpenAI. So, of course, OpenAI is the one that led the charge with ChatGPT released in November of 22. Uh, then we have Meta. Same thing goes. Don't need to uh, uh, talk anymore about that. Essentially, Meta and Alphabet are the oligopolists in their space, digital advertising. Amazon, I like not for its e-commerce business. I like for the reacceleration of their cloud business, Amazon Web Services, AWS. More AI apps, more demand for AWS's data centers. Mercado Libro, no change in my list. This is a South American e-commerce company. Synopsis uh, may be new. Electronic Design Automation Company, EDA. These are the guys that have software that helps engineers design their chips. If you don't have a chip design, you can't make a semiconductor. Take a look at some of the charts here brought to you by Benzinga. Again, I use their tools. I think you should too. The other uh, space that is important is what we're doing with uh, not just EDA, Electronic Design Automation, but also systems. And so Synopsys just announced, I think, a very bold, very smart, very future profitable uh, acquisition of a company in that space called Ansys, sticker symbol A-N-S-S. The other player that uh, competes with Synopsys is a company called Cadence. They're oligopolists, CDNS. Uh, next, man, we'll see what happens to NVIDIA on Wednesday. I'm expecting uh, them to smoke the numbers. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to actually trigger a stock that's already tripled in the last year further. A lot of greatness already buried in that stock price. So the next, I told you the story. This is my buy idea of the day, super micro. Take advantage of this 20% dip in the stock despite accelerating fundamentals because Wells Fargo issued a report that said the stock was expensive. Come on, man. When you find a great investment, it's like a rare jewel. You want to polish that jewel. You want to hold it. 
And I think uh, SMCI, even though it's been my best small cap pick up many fold in the last year, I think it's going even higher. And this is your chance to buy it. And the last one I have here, and this is new to my list, Take-Two Interactive, right? I'm an old guy. I don't sit around playing video games, but I do know the power of Grand Theft Auto. And Take-Two Interactive is the parent company. Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out sometime in 25. Uh, We don't know when. Uh, Maybe I'm going to get into the stock too early, but... In 25, you will have a explosion in revenue, profitability, and cash flow. Earnings will at least double, maybe even triple from the prior year. And of course, you don't want to wait to 25 because then you miss the move. So is it today? Is it tomorrow? Is it three, six months from now? Sometime this year, I and you have to go in and establish a toehold at least, even if we're early, and Take-Two Interactive because Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to be huge. And I think it's actually a uh, a pretty good uh, price right here. So I've been nibbling in it, and you know, we'll see what happens. So there you have it. little color on my uh, list. Sometimes my list changes a little bit, but now let's get into tech trends. <laughs> You've heard me say this before, when you value tech companies or other aggressive uh, growth companies, their valuations require low interest rates. We love to talk about AI. It's really cool. Yeah, it's a game changer. However, you got to play part macroeconomist. And if you think that uh, interest rates in this country are going to be higher rising, I don't know if any great fundamentals can uh, offset that. We're looking for to have or extend this nice rally we've had in tech for lower rates. And here's what, and I mentioned this last week, uh, bugs me a little bit. We saw that the consumer price index, a uh, measure of inflation, was higher than analysts expected. And then this morning, producer price index, PPI, comes out also a little bit higher than expected. Unfortunately, with inflation the beast that will not be slain, the Fed, our central bank, is going to have to keep uh, rates high. And everybody was expecting for them to quote unquote pivot to lower rates. They were expecting rates to start to drop next month after going up for two years. They also expected a couple weeks ago for the Fed to lower rates six times this year, one quarter of a percent each time. Now it looks like with the high sticky inflation, they will lower rates this year, but maybe only two or three times and still probably at 0.25% of crack. But uh, yeah, that's a slight disappointment. And that is probably my chief tech worry. And so stay tuned. You have to watch the rates. I'm going to report every week, but unfortunately, two measures of inflation, which we're hoping we're showing inflation under control, were reported just this week. And they both showed, unfortunately, inflation hot. A little bit worried. The uh, next thing is, you know, I've told you before that I think the AI market is getting ahead of itself. Right? SMCI, Supermicro, my pick of the day. They're going to be just fine. NVIDIA, 
I don't know what the market reaction will be to their quarterly earnings next Wednesday, but their uh, numbers will be spectacular. Just a measure of like how spectacular. However, there's a bunch of really expensive AI stocks like this ridiculous company SoundHound that I told you is a AI pretender that are unfortunately being pulled in this wake. Right now, invest in AI companies that are building the infrastructure, semiconductors, hardware. The next uh, move from building the large language models with the uh, hardware is going to be a period of inference testing where you take all of your AI data and you try to come up with some patterns that you can use. Only after that, and that may not be until 25 or 26, do you have your software apps? And when you have them, do they make money? I don't know. And so I'm worried. And I told you before, the two tells for us to follow in 2024, as this year goes on, is uh, Microsoft's Copilot, which is their AI app, and uh, Alphabet's Gemini, which is their own version of ChatGPT. They are being sold now for a pretty lofty price. If we get through this year and nobody buys Copilot and nobody gives a you-know-what about uh, Alphabet's Gemini, then I'm starting to think that, oh, my God, what happens to AI after we build out the infrastructure? It might be the ultimate field of dreams. You build it, but they don't come. So I have a contrarian view there. And you know what we'll see also, and uh, I always tell my students at the city at Citadel to follow everything, even politics as it pertains to the financial markets. Of course, uh, we're entering a political cycle. Right. We're going to elect a, a president in November next. And of course, all the digital media companies, the social media companies have a stake in this game. And so let's see what happens, because, yes, it should, on the positive note, drive all important digital advertising revenues. But also, you know how it is. You were around uh, the last election. There's going to be a lot of hand wringing about privacy on the uh, apps and misinformation are the Russian hackers, are the Chinese hackers trying to influence the election. You guys, we saw this uh, play out last time around. It's a coming again. And so I think those are the key trends to follow. And I try to give you some macro thoughts, followed by the micro thoughts. Today, we went through a lengthy list of good, bad, and ugly. We come away with a uh, opportunistic buy trade in Supermicro, SMCI, and then not necessarily a uh, sale because I think, or a short, because I think Soundhound has too small of a float. Remember I told you the story about ARM? So it may not be uh, a stock that can be shortable, but man, if you take a look at that stock and you're thinking, oh my God, it's an AI player. It's got to be great. Please do not buy it. You own it, sell it into strength. All right, guys, that's what we have for uh, this week. And here I am in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm back to you every week. Here is my firm behind me. Check us out, Harvest Portfolio Management down here in the bayou in the southeast. And, man, as always, I got to give a uh, lot of thanks to Aaron Thomas, who is our director, and all my friends at Benzinga. Keep coming back. We'll see you next week. Thank you.